Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome in the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Make sure to check us out every day on Dash Radio. Download the Dash Radio app. Search for Nothing But Ned, and you'll find us. It's free, jazz, as is, fivereasonssports.com, where you can find all of our latest sports content, not just on the Heat, but also on the Dolphins, the Hurricanes, now ranked seventh in the country, the Marlins, who start with the Braves in the second round of the playoffs on Tuesday, and much more. Also, check out our YouTube channel. We've got several new videos, streaming shows going up there all the time. There's actually a streaming show on the Heat that's going on right now, so you can check that out after you're done with this podcast. Also, check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, including a new one that's going to be with us for quite a while. This is a really cool one. It's called Prize Picks. If you're tired of losing in fantasy sports, times are changing. Now it's just you versus the numbers. Prize Picks is the perfect place for you, whether the injury bug ruined your season long team or you're a season vet in the daily fantasy space. On Prize Picks, you simply select two, three, or four players and predict if they will go over or under their fantasy projection. If you think that Jimmy Butler might score 40 points and have a triple double, Take the over. You would have done okay here in game three. Prize picks gives you the chance to win 10 times your money for getting four predictions correct. Entries are so simple they can be made in less than 60 seconds. Sign up today at prizepicks.com or on the Prize Picks app and use the code FIVE. You also get a 100% match on your first deposit up to 100 bucks. Prize Picks truly is daily fantasy simplified. And now, tonight's episode. One, two, three, four, five on the floor. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alphonse Sidney, Alex Toledo, and Greg Sylvander, part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Ethan Skolnick, Five on the Floor, coming to you from Fort Lauderdale, which might be one of the reasons that this happened. Here is tonight's floor plan. We're going to celebrate what I think is a top 10 win in Miami Heat history and a top 10 performance by a single individual in Miami Heat history. And I'm going to allow Greg Sylvander and Alex Salito when he's bouncing back and forth from the post-game Zoom calls. Still here. Maybe to, to, here still here. To talk <laughs> me back up. Because I almost think that saying top, five, top 10 is not sufficient enough, Greg. That is correct. This, um, when you consider the context around the, sh- the shorthanded nature with which Jimmy Butler had to approach this game, I-, I almost think like it rivals any playoff performance. I mean, we're talking about a 40 point triple double, 14 of 20 from the field. This was an just out of this universe performance by Jimmy Butler. Um, to see him kind of take on that one on one matchup and, um, and just, he was locked in. It was, it was just unbelievable. I'm, I'm really speechless. It's one of those games like Dwayne in game three uh, against Dallas in 06, those moments where you just you can't believe what you've just seen. And, and Jimmy Butler is up there now in the reins of those best games ever in franchise history. Alex, 45 minutes, 40 points, 11 rebounds, 13 assists, two blocks, two steals, plus 20, 
Again, 45 minutes. He did not come off the court in the second half. I communicated yep. with somebody close to him at halftime. I said, how many is he going to play? He says he'll play 21. He played 24. They needed all of them. Um, again, Dwayne had some nights. <laughs> I don't want to disparage anything Dwayne Wade did in the 2006 finals or anything LeBron James did in Boston or any of these other circumstances. But you don't have two of your three top players, the fulcrum of everything you do defensively, the guy who takes pressure off you offensively, you, you had Tyler Hero struggling for most of the night, Duncan Robinson struggling for most of the night, and you put up a 40-burger with 11 and 13, and you go right at LeBron James time after time after time. Honestly, Jimmy Butler said in the beginning of the series that they're going to need to play perfect basketball and that they're capable of it, and that's exactly what he did tonight. He put together a masterpiece like, obviously, you guys are a lot more qualified to say where that ranks among Heat playoff games and Heat history. I know for a fact that's one of the best games I've ever seen from a player, period. When you're, when you're talking about – when you're including the context, even more, right? Like, it just makes me even more confident in that. That was as perfect as, as, you're, as a game as you're going to get from him. Like, he gave you everything out there, scoring, free throws, defense, playmaking, and he did it almost without mistakes. And I just think, honestly, the team – it's not just on Jimmy because I thought the team – did a great job today on defense, just completely night and day from the first two games, in my opinion, as far as just kind of setting down on, on the details and all of that. But Jimmy, Jimmy was a catalyst. They, like Jimmy is the reason that they stole this game. Cause I'm not going to lie, man. I, I counted them out. I counted them out. I can't even, I can't even say that, that, that I really believe they could steal it because once that bam got ruled out, I counted them out and Jimmy had to do everything for them to win. Again, they got outshot by the Lakers. The Lakers hit more threes. And obviously, they're taking a higher volume. That's the Heat's game plan. But again, I, I, I said last time, they're not going to win if they're not hitting more threes than the Lakers. And that probably would have been true if it wasn't for Jimmy having a completely perfect game. What he did tonight was outrageous, man. They played, they played great. It wasn't just a, on Jimmy. But Jimmy had, honestly, one of the best games I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I mean, I didn't just count them out before the game, although I will say I took the nine and a half points at my bookie. I counted them out. I I counted them out during the game because there were three or four times during this game where you felt like they should be up more. The the way that they played early in that game, if they could have just made a damn three, they would have pulled away. And every time, and then even late in the game, when Hero misses the bunny and LeBron goes down and gets the N1, I have seen that so many times over the past 15 years. Okay. That is where a LeBron team says, enough. We're not playing anymore. We saw that over and over in 2012, 2013. Enough. You effed up on the other end. You're going to pay for it. And they kept missing bunnies. Olenek missed bunnies. They missed open three after open three. Again, they didn't shoot well from three tonight. That's three straight games. If you look at their three points, 12 of 34, 35%. Okay, that's fine for most teams. That's not what you need to beat the Lakers without Dragic and Bam, but they made up for it with 21 of 23 from the line, of which most of that was Jimmy, 12 of 14, but Olenek made all four of his, Duncan made his, Tyler made all three of his. They shot 51% overall. And go to the other side. Look, Anthony Davis was a minus 26 tonight. Listen, Kelly Olenek outplayed Anthony Davis. Yep. What is going on? Like, wh- like <laughs> right. who would have predicted that? 2020 throwing another curveball at us if we would have said Kelly Olenek would have had a game where he outplayed Anthony Davis, and he absolutely did. 
Yeah, well, look, the, the only reason the Lakers even hung in this thing with the way that Davis played was the way that Morris and Kuzma played off the bench. I mean, they, they got nine threes out of Morris and Kuzma, okay, 38 total points out of those two guys. And that's the reason that they kept getting closer and closer and closer, but it did feel like it turned a couple of times. And Eric just obviously made the decision, I can't take Jimmy out because the two and a half minutes he took Jimmy out in the first half looked like the, two, the three minutes in the first half yesterday, uh, previous game that they just couldn't survive them. But there were other circumstances here. I, I thought, again, you mentioned Olenek playing 31 minutes, ending up with 17 and seven. Um, but his competitiveness was what I liked. Okay. He, he's herky jerky. He makes mistakes. Um, there were even moments in game two where he had the big game that he makes mistakes, but he competed against Anthony Davis. And I think I felt early, like the way that the Lakers were playing, that if the heat could just jump on him, that the Lakers might sort of pack it in and say, all right, let's just, we'll take care of game four. But the Lakers competed threes, in this game. Man. They did. They, they did all the, they like, played hard. There were so many moments where they cut it to five, cut it to three, and they hung around, and you thought to yourself, okay, at some point they're going to go on a barrage of three-point shots or, or LeBron's going to take over and we're not going to be able to, you know, uh, manufacture offense. And then uh, as the fourth quarter winded down, all of a sudden a guy who had a really rough night in Tyler Hero came alive. And so it was just – it was an interesting mix of – that you thought the Lakers were going to have so many opportunities to pull away. And really the thing that I think was the biggest buzzkill for them was the turnovers. I mean, they yeah. just had costly turnover after costly turnover. And this was a game where Jimmy was controlling tempo. So those turnovers really, they, he made them pay when, those, uh, when they lost those possessions. Yeah, and Miami, look, Jimmy had five of the Heat's uh, 12 turnovers. Kendrick had, had four turnovers. I, I felt like early in the game, certain guys were trying to play too fast. Um, but but here, here's a number that just jumps out at you. Duncan Robinson, who we've, we've criticized for, for not stepping up, was a plus 27 tonight. And, and he ended up – he filled up the rest of the stat sheet. Look, he, he was 39 three, minutes. 39. He only was 3 of 10 from 3 but, and for 13 points, but he had five rebounds, three assists, a couple of steals, and a block. I mean, he, he competed tonight. And he was great. The, 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 and there were some subtle adjustments – that Eric made actually uh, the broadcast when they weren't busy interviewing Chris Paul for 40 minutes, four minutes oh, at the gosh. start of the at start of the third quarter. Cause they couldn't have done that at halftime um, or talking about how great Anthony Anderson's show is that when they, they actually did focus on a couple of things. Duncan was not getting caught on those switches as much because I don't know if it was Jackson or Van Gundy mentioned it. He was getting back to his man. He was 100%. not right. So, so Eric made some subtle adjustments. The also the, the, the small, small pick and rolls that they were running early in the game was different. The usage of zone was a little bit different. This idea that Eric wasn't going to make any adjustments. Again, nobody's watched Eric coach for the past uh, 12 years. He does make adjustments game to game. There are times that he frustrates people by not making them in game, but he does make adjustments game to game. And the other thing I don't want to get lost. And there's so much more I want to get to. And I want to make sure we have time. If Alex comes back, I know you're still here, but when you come back for some of the calls, I don't want Myers Leonard 13 minutes to get lost because he gave them exactly what they needed, all right? Plus 13 and 13 minutes tonight, seven points. He made all three of his shots, including a three, and the offense flowed with him uh, the way it flowed early in the season. Like, that was early season. That was like the Myers-Leonard who started 50 games this year, who not in big minutes, but served a valuable role. And I kind of felt like Jimmy just having him out there with him made Jimmy feel comfortable. There's a comfort level. With Jimmy and Myers, there's a personal relationship that's developed. And I felt like not having Dragic 
having Myers out there with him settled him. It, it sounds kind of cliche to say, but part of it was like when you also saw Myers Leonard kind of get chippy with Dwight or uh, just, just kind of mixing it up in that way. I felt like that was the kind of um, – they needed a little bit of that in this lineup. When you're down 0-2, you kind of need to show a little bit of fight. And I know that that's kind of cliche to talk about, but it was a game where it was evident that he was a frustrating force for the 12 minutes he was out there. He didn't make mistakes. He got a steal, so like he was acting. And then the fact that he didn't miss any shots, he at least kept them honest. So I feel like that was essentially what you needed to get out of him. And then you could really just lean on Olenek for the balance of the game. And you're right. He makes Jimmy feel so much more comfortable. And this was the night where Jimmy was finding his comfort zones early and often. So um, it just, it all came together in, in what is a huge game and getting them back in the series. All right. We're going to talk about where they go from here too. And also give Alex some time to jump on the calls before we do. We'll talk about another great sponsor of the five reasons sports network. And that's our friend, Eric Brown. Do you need a realtor who will treat you as a valued client and not just another commission? Let me recommend you consult Eric Brown at five reasons, Spell it out. F I V E reasons, The official realtor of the five reasons sports network. Eric's a real estate professional with several years of experience representing celebrities, executives, and professional athletes, but also first-time home buyers. With a Wharton School Business Education, he's uniquely qualified at identifying property value, negotiating on your behalf, and providing an unmatched level of service. So if you're considering buying or selling a home in South Florida, just want to know what your property's worth in the strong real estate market, contact Eric at 305-967-9089 or go to 5reasonsrealtor.com. Again, that's 305-967-9089. Eight nine five reasons realtor.com. If he can't help you, he'll recommend someone who, who can check out Eric Brown, the official realtor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. I'm still trying to put this Jimmy performance in perspective. Um, as he was coming off, I think it was, was it Van Gundy who kind of read his lips <laughs> late in the game where he said they're in trouble. Um, there is this defiance about this heat team that isn't matched by their pedigree, right? Like, like this is a new team. Like they should not feel like I understand the 12, 13 team feeling this way, right? Like it was LeBron and Dwayne and Chris Bosch. They'd won Olympic gold medals together. Right. You know, and, and so I got it with them and they won a championship the previous year. And so that team was defiant, but it was more like, okay, we're just going to toy with you for a little while and then whatever, we'll take over. This team, it, again, they, they have this it, – it's like – it's sort of an unearned arrogance, but it's kind of cute. It, Greg, does that make any sense? It's, it's kind of I – I don't know how to put it in perspective. It doesn't make any sense for a team that's just been put together, that hadn't accomplished anything together before this year. The only guys who won championships, one doesn't play, which is Haslam. The other one, Iguodala, you know, came here at age 36 halfway through the season. They believed they were going to win tonight, and they're led by their head coach who said in his preface conference, I don't give a shit when anybody thinks. Like, could you imagine Eric Spolster saying that 10 years ago during the Big Three era? Oh, they would have been on heat index for four days as the top on the top ribbon. But, no, I mean, it is an interesting dynamic with this Heat team because they – they aren't really the villains, but yet they kind of embrace being down or counted out. Like it's almost like they manufacture some of that in order to drive them. But, but it's, it's like, it's genuine. It's really authentic from this team. They don't appear to be um, contrived with the way that they approach 
the game. And I think that that just, when you have that, you, you kind of intuit that it's real, that they really are, are approaching. And it's not like something that they're, that they're just doing for optics or for the image. And they've taken on the persona of Jimmy, who's been doubted and, and counted out. And a lot of these other guys, you know, when you're a late lottery pick, um, there's, there's something that comes with that, where you look at the names in front of the, of the list and you say to yourself, okay, I'm better than that guy. I'm better than that guy. So it, it's just an interesting mix that way, but it's unique because usually a team like them would not have this kind of chip on their shoulder. Yeah. And um, you know, the, the quote and which we put on a shirt, there are obstacles, but there are none which was, uh, you know, kind of a paraphrasing of the Riley quote, that has been this team the whole season. That's, been, that's basically been their motto the whole season. Like, there are obstacles, but there are none. They're down, what, 13 to Atlanta with like a minute left at home, and they score the next 22 points after Trey Young says it's over, <laughs> right? Like, that's this team this year. And I, I think you've hit on it. it. It is this idea that all of them feel – it's like it's – like, uh, that other shirt we have where Jimmy, you know, which we use off the Jimmy quote, you know, not underdogs, you know, we basically, you know, just, just dogs, right. They, they, every single guy on this team was passed over in some way. Jimmy Butler was not recruited. Okay. Drafted 30th overall. Um, Tyler hero was drafted middle of the first round. Okay. That's pretty good. So is bam, but both both players, when they were drafted, it was said that they were overdrafted. Um, Duncan Robinson, we know, had to go to Williams College, play in the G League. Kendrick Nunn was basically just cast off by Golden State. They didn't even care. Th that, this team of the Warriors, they desperately needed, like, supporting players on that team. And they just, they just left Kendrick Nunn unprotected for the Heat to poach him at the end of the season. Um, you know, Iguodala, for everything that he accomplished in Golden State – they base they gave away first round picks to get rid of him right when Durant left uh, to reshape the roster with D'Angelo Russell, who they ended up dumping halfway through the season for Andrew Wiggins. Jay Crowder has been on what seven teams? I mean that, yeah. and Kelly Olynyk was the guy that when Boston went out to make the splash move for Hayward when they got him over the heat, they, they decided were, with Kelly Lake, they didn't need him anymore. Myers yeah, they, Leonard, Myers Leonard was sent to Miami um, essentially just as a chip. Okay. Because they wanted to make the white side trade happen. And Dragic, who we didn't even talk about tonight. Okay. Who, I mean, the heat basically traded this off season and uh, you know, and, and his entire career has been trying to prove to people that he's better than they think he is. That's this team. And to a certain degree, that's their head coach. I mean, their head coach has been told over and over that he won because of LeBron, right? Um, that, you know, he, he's only still there because he's Riley's pet, all the rest of that stuff. That's this team. I, I don't know that they'll ever be able to capture something. Quite, they'll have better teams than this. I don't know that they'll ever be able to capture again what they had tonight where all of that came together. Yeah, no, it's so true. This is, um, it's one of those victories that you'll always remember um, just because of all the context and the fact that this team had such an unlikely run. And it's just another example of them um, being doubted and essentially just saying like what's supposed to, we don't give a shit. And uh, it's just, 
it's really gratifying as Heat fans who have been, you know, you talk about this culture stuff, and we know that it can get a little bit ridiculous to keep touting it, particularly when you're 41 and 41 or you're uh, 11 and 30, you know, yet to go 30 and 11. But then when you start to see guys with real, with the, this kind of talent get coached and, and the pieces come together, uh, it's a lot of fun to watch. And, and this is the other thing about this now. LeBron James, um, the way that Jimmy went at him, if all mm-hmm. of a sudden you, you, have a, you have a situation where Bam gets back or Gorin were to come back, but Bam specifically, and I know we, we may touch on this, uh, you have a series. You really do. I have not seen many guys go at LeBron the way that Jimmy went at LeBron tonight. I mean, has he had battles? Yes. With, I mean, even with the heat, with Paul Pierce, with Paul George, okay, where, you know, you had, you know, elite – wings who you know went for him basket for basket but jimmy put the ball basically in his stomach (laughs) okay he kept attacking lebron over and over and over again and when you see jimmy standing next to lebron okay you see the difference just in size in how imposing one is as opposed to the other. And this is why, you know, LeBron has always had respect for Jimmy always. Okay. I've had many conversations with LeBron about Jimmy. He appreciates kind of the dog in Jimmy. And and that's, that's why, again, when Riley came out and called him a top 10 player before the season and people like, he's not a top 10 player. He doesn't get you 30 consistently, but like name, give me 10 guys in the league who could have done what he did tonight. It's so true. And James also, Harden doesn't do it. Paul no. George doesn't do it. Russell Westbrook doesn't do it. Joel Embiid doesn't do it. Who does it? AD didn't do it tonight. No. Right? And, and the other thing Steph is... Steph doesn't do it. it. The other thing is LeBron usually will shrug off certain guys and then just go off, go off himself. Like, that's the, very much a LeBron yes. move. Like, he did it with Paul George. Paul George was, like, going toe-to-toe with him to the point that he dapped him up at half court in the middle mm-hmm. of that series. But ultimately, he would eventually shut the door on it. And obviously, this is one game. It's not the entire series. But tonight... He he wasn't like looking at Jimmy like he understood that tonight Jimmy was his absolute equal and uh, I think that's just interesting from an alpha kind of max player specific thing when you talk about a guy leading a team Jimmy is one of those guys he just does it in a completely different way than everyone else you know you know what I think uh, LeBron saw in Jimmy tonight himself. I think uh, different in the sense that again Jimmy's the ultimate underdog and LeBron is the opposite. But he saw himself in Boston in game six. He saw himself against Indiana in that series when Bosch went out and he and Dwayne played three of the most incredible games I've ever seen two guys play together. He saw himself. He saw a guy who just wasn't going to let his team lose. LeBron has been that guy, even though he hasn't gotten credit for it all the time, but he's been that guy. I mean, the guy who will not let his team lose. Jimmy Butler was not going to let them lose tonight. Jimmy Butler was the guy who, and I think there was some mythology behind this, okay, but the guy who ESPN, Woj, famously said, you know, he took a bunch of effing third stringers and, you know, beat the bleep out of Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns in a practice in Minnesota, basically to make the point, you need me. You need me. Like, that's, (laughs) like, that was that guy tonight. Like, he came, I said it in the first few minutes, and I thought you were going to come at me because I know you're the ultimate Zoe guy, and, you know, I, I spent some time with Zoe the other night after the game. So, I mean, I have great respect for Zoe. The only person I've seen, I've only seen two other players come out as possessed as Jimmy did tonight. Okay. 
Well, I, I, all three. Dwayne, Dwayne did in the Dallas series. But again, LeBron in Boston. Okay. Yeah. LeBron in Boston. Game and, six. And, Al- and Alonzo in Dallas. And Alonzo in Dallas. Yeah. And, and, and which, which is the, because I want to poll it. Which is the Dwayne game? Which is the Dwayne game where he came out most possessed in that Dallas series? Was it game, game three? three? Game, game three. three, right? Yeah, that's because the one they that's were, legendary to me. Because they were down and, and, and he kind of led a comeback, which has a vibe like this game, but not, you know, maybe not from a game flow perspective, but when you're down 0-2 to get that first one. Um, so that would be the Dwayne game for me. And then, you know, you, you peg the other two. All right, let's uh, let's we're gonna get to some more stuff here in a second, and I want to get back to Alex because he's been on some of the calls. Before we do, I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. That's our friend Mark Brown. You can find him at markbrownpa.com. This is a real estate litigation and transaction law firm, both commercial and residential, with a full service attorney owned title company. Two hundred ninety five dollar closing fee on all refinances and purchases when mentioning Five Reasons. Also handles evictions for landlords and tenants and offers flat fee evictions. Practicing for nearly 15 years, you can reach Mark at 954-566-5678. That's 954-566-5678 or markbrownpa.com. Again, it's with a C, M-A-R-C, brownpa.com. Alex, tell us about the calls that you've been on so far. Uh, You know, a lot of gushing over Jimmy Butler. They're, They're all getting asked a lot of questions about him. And they're all gushing about him in the same way that the reporters are. I think it's just uh, everybody's kind of in shock at what happened tonight, except the players. The players are like, yeah, we know that he could score pretty much on every possession. And, you know, Hero and Duncan have and Crowder have all kind of been talking about how unselfish Jimmy is and how he took the game in control. The talk's really been about him tonight and for good reason, obviously. All right. um, Let's get to where they go from here real quick and again everybody should catch up on the streams as well and we'll have plenty of coverage here on monday i'm not going back to orlando can can i before we get to what goes on from here i'm just i've been liking some of these uh some of these tweets from people um i gotta slash ethan j skolnick's tires or something thanks for leaving orlando thank you for leaving also thank you ethan j skolnick without you this w wasn't possible uh, five reasons sports is my go-to for Miami heat content, the insider info and analysis unmatched, but for the love of God, don't let Ethan J Skolnick anywhere near the bubble again, please. And thank you. So that's basically what I'm getting. I'm not planning on going for game two. So with uh, game four, so with that out of, I may be there next weekend, sorry. Uh, but with that out of the way, uh, Greg, you, you put something up here. Uh, what, what is the latest on Bam and Dragic? So the latest information I have is that um, as we go forward in the series, I would not expect Goran Dragic back. Uh, he wants to play, but but I, I do not believe that that's going to happen. But I think Bam is um, is expected back for Game Four, Game Five at the absolute latest, and that that's literally what I heard coming out of the game tonight um, from someone close to the team. So so it'll be interesting to see because I know that they're being so extremely cautious. That was emphasized to me in all caps how cautious they're being with Bam Adebayo. But uh, all indications are he can likely be expected back for game four, game five at the absolute latest. All right, well, and he pushed. I mean, he was close tonight. He was, from what I heard, he was close. But they just weren't going to do it. And with Goron, man, just take, rest it up, take your time. He, he did enough to get him there. Um, you know, would he help? Absolutely. Would he have been an upgrade over none tonight? I mean, sure, Scoran Dragic. But they have enough there. Uh, w- what they had to make up for mostly was out of bio. And you're not going to do it with Olenek and Leonard. But when you have a performance like this, and, and I think it was discussed, I think Brady said it on the, on the pregame show, and maybe it was just too obvious for all of us. 
he said it on the stream. He said they're going to need somebody to break out in the scoring column tonight. It can't just be the balance thing. It's got to be somebody. And look, if it was going to be somebody, it should be Jimmy. I, I know that we've, we've gotten carried away with what Hero did with the 37 and everything. But look, this is still Jimmy Butler's team. It's going to be Bam Adebayo's team, I believe, or it's going to be a shared team with Bam and Jimmy and whoever else they bring in and maybe if Hero merges. But Jimmy Butler was brought here to do things like this. Maybe not this year but he was brought here to do things like this. And I think in the larger context, and we're going to spend tomorrow going over game four, in the larger context of this, guys, all of the questions, was the Jimmy Butler max deal worth it? Were you going to regret it, you know, in the third and fourth years of that contract when his body begins to break down? Maybe he will begin to break down. But if he can do this for 45 minutes in an NBA Finals game in his first year here, Yep. I almost don't care anymore <laughs> what it looks like in the third and fourth year. Right? Absolutely. Right? I, I don't care. It is what it is. Whatever it is, you deal with it. But I kind of trust him to know his body that – is he going to let himself go? I, I can't see it. I, no. I, I mean, right? I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the guy keeps himself in amazing shape. And obviously, he, you know, he has a heavy workload out there. I mean, tonight he probably had the heaviest workload of his career, and that's saying something, knowing that he played for the Thibodeau Bulls and the, t- <laughs> yeah. the Thibodeau Timberwolves. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but Jimmy, man, the Jimmy Butler story arc, ever since Chicago and specifically ever since Minnesota, he completely proved everyone wrong. Everything yeah. he said came true. Everyone was calling him out before the season started. Everyone was calling him out when he signed with the Heat and was so adamant on signing with the Heat and rejecting the Lakers and rejecting the Clippers as a free agent destination. And here he is, man. He's in the finals having this legendary Jordan-esque performance in a game like this where they're just on the ropes without the two best players next to him. Like, he did everything tonight. All season, he was the facilitator. He was the team guy. They ran a motion offense, even though he's always been, you know, kind of a high-usage star player he completely became into a team guy. And then when they needed him most, he came out and dropped a 40 point triple double, which I don't need to check. I'm sure he's never done in his career before. Especially, mm-hmm. He's never been past the second round before this year. And look what he's doing on the highest stages. He's, I, honestly, I think this Lakers series has obviously forced him into a, a, a much higher uh, role, but this has been the most impressive one for me when it comes to Jimmy Butler. Like he has just filled every single hole needed. I think he's been great, and and every game has gotten better in every game as far as his performance. But he is truly completing that story arc tonight. He kept them alive, and all of a sudden, they're back in the series. Well, and also, when you talk about Jimmy in the back half of his contract, like uh, the, the, the huge thing about this, too, is this is the ultimate recruiting pitch to guys around the league, and they've set yeah. themselves up where they can – they can pay Jimmy what they need to pay him, pay Bam what he needs to be paid, and also add another guy. And this this entire run, watching Jimmy do that, I mean, I think I saw Joel Embiid right before we started the podcast. He tweeted, uh, inspiring, and that's all, all he tweeted. Guys around the league notice this stuff, so it'll be worth every penny on the back end, but definitely that's, this is just uh, iconic. That's the best way to describe it, inspiring. That's literally – I had one tweet tonight, and it was just saying that they're – their team effort and his effort was downright inspirational. Like it was, that was the most David and Goliath thing I've ever seen. Like yeah. that was unbelievable. on that stage, on, on that stage. Like, I mean, that look, team is so big and he got whatever he wanted at the, at the paint. Right. I mean, you talk about some heat wins where they've been underdogs. Everybody talks about during the regular season, Rex Chapman beating the bulls and all that, but on this stage, and, and that's the other thing about it 
is that there are there have been great performances by guys who've lost final series. And look, there's still underdogs in this series, particularly without Dragic, and we don't know with Bam for sure. But there have been great performances, like Allen Iverson's game one against the Lakers, right, in the, in the first of the Laker championships with Shaq, or some of the Reggie Miller performance against, against the Lakers, or some of LeBron's performances against the Warriors in series that he hey, lost. Particularly Dwayne against one. Dallas when or Dwayne, or Dwayne, 2011. <laughs> or, or Dwayne against Dallas, right, that was wasted by, you know, by what happened with LeBron. There have been great performances that have stolen games in finals okay that have beaten the better team there were great performances against the jordan bulls i mean if you if you watch last dance you remember some of barkley's incredible performance to force that thing to six right um the performances by kemp and payton to extend that series clyde drexler's work against jordan okay there were great great performances by losing teams isaiah against the the lakers okay you can name those but, but the, the circumstances of this, uh, why this one is going to stick out, even if the Heat lose this series, is because it was so ridiculously lopsided <laughs> in terms of what Jimmy had to work with. Like, you look at some of those teams. Like, those, those Seattle teams were healthy with Peyton and Kemp. Barkley had a healthy team with Marley and all that whole group. Okay, Iverson, that wasn't a great team. Okay, he had Matumbo and he had a bunch of stiffs. Okay, but that was the team he came with. Ethan. You this isn't it, the, this isn't the team he came with. This isn't the team he came with. He has his two most important players not playing and knows that one of them is probably not going to play the rest of the season and the other one's being held out by the team and he's going against the best player of this generation, arguably the best player of all time that he has to guard and he has to go at. Yep. Like, yeah. It's he a top 5 turn- finals performance of the last 20 years. LeBron had eight turnovers. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Oh, my to see. God. Like one-on-one. And I know that it's not all attributed to Jimmy, but uh, he outplayed LeBron. And um, and I just don't think that you saw that coming. This was always thought of as a team that if they were going to beat L.A., and it still may be the case that it needs to be an absolute team effort and they're going to need to be firing on all cylinders in more than one spot. But tonight, Jimmy bucked that trend. He was the best player on the floor by a wide margin. It was amazing. I mean, Ethan, what you said earlier about him kind of uh, LeBron seeing a lot of himself in Jimmy, I just think like the more I thought about it, I just think it really is a perfect comparison for kind of like this performance was very reminiscent of what LeBron was doing in the 15 finals when Kyrie and Kevin Love were out. Yeah, almost the same exact situation, missing his point and his big. And obviously the two other best players in the team. And what I will say is Bron didn't shoot a great percentage uh, <laughs> in that series and whatever was voted finals MVP, even though they lost in five, whatever. I still think that's ridiculous. Other I, than that, uh, <laughs> Jimmy <laughs> dominated, man. There was no holes in his game whatsoever. It really was truly a LeBron-esque performance and doing it all while again, like, like you guys just pointed out, LeBron's had eight turnovers in a game like this, man. Like we, we had, Honestly, I'm not surprised that LeBron and AD might have a game, you know, where they're off, especially after kind of getting complacent. You know, you have all of ESPN just kind of crowning them already after two games. But for him to do that on the finals, in the finals against a team like this that's so depleted where they can just kind of get whatever they want in the paint when they feel like it, I just think it's unbelievable. Like, all of this is just – whoever bet on this game tonight, by the way, if, if, if anybody bet a significant amount, like, oh, my God – well, I, the I, odds I did, on my I, bookie, I, by the way, for, for Jimmy to do what he did tonight for game two was plus 7,200 and also for the Heat to win. So if somebody cashed in on a bet like that, congratulations to them. 
Well, I, I, I just, I just, uh, I, took the, for the books. I, I took the money line and the points tonight, but I didn't bet enough. Uh, and you should go to mybookie.ag. But first, we're going to tell you about U-Brake Wheel Fix, which is a wheel repair and refinishing company located in North Miami with 15 years of experience. If you need to fix bent or cracked wheels damaged on the streets of South Florida, which never seem to get fixed, you got to go check them out. Fast turnaround times on most repairs. They even offer loaner wheels while they fix or refinish your wheels so you can keep your car on the road without interruption. If your wheels are faded or peeling, U-Brake Wheel Fix offers complete refinishing back to factory standards. If you're bored with the look of your wheels, U-Brake Wheel Fix offers over 5,000 different finishes to customize the look of those wheels. Even the vice colors. Don't spend money on new wheels when you can renew them at U-Brake Wheel Fix. They offer a full line of custom wheels and tires for every vehicle application and offer in-house repair and complete vehicle customization. So call U-Brake Wheel Fix at 305-748-0112, 305-748-0112 or online at ubreakwheelfix.com. It can also be found on Google, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, or Yelp at U-Brake Wheel Fix. And if you mention Five Reason Sports, when you call, you receive 10% off your repair. All right, two minutes left. Let's put a bow on, on this and, and look forward. Eric Spolster now got his team to believe, um, said he didn't give a shit what anybody thought. His team embodied that. Jimmy Butler embodied that. Jimmy Butler said they're in trouble now, but we know it from the other side, okay? We know it from following LeBron James here in Miami for four years. Teams challenged him before. Some great players challenged him before. Durant, um, Durant and Westbrook, obviously, in the finals the great Spurs teams, et cetera. He put all those challenges down for the most part after 2011. How does LeBron respond? Because his team's going to take cues from him. You already know that this is going to be a LeBron game next game. I think you, you saw it in his face tonight, and I'm not one to do this, who just kind of tries to read these guys' emotions. But I think you just saw the frustration on his face tonight of just kind of, you know, they could never really get into a rhythm, right? And they obviously the Heat took their punches twice. There was two times where the Heat had a nice little, you know, 14-point lead or something, and the Lakers came back. And so those punches were thrown, but they could, they never got in a consistent rhythm. And so I expect game three – I mean, sorry, game four, LeBron to come out full force and to kind of, you know, expect 39 and 9 for him while also setting up AD. And, and I think he's just going to – take it down to the fourth quarter and try to dominate the game. And he's going to take it personal, man. I think that's how LeBron is. I think that's what we've seen. He's not letting this Heat team, which is on paper the easiest team he's seen in the finals, come back and tie the game up. At the end of the day, that's why it's on the Heat to come out and, you know, put together another game like they did tonight on defense with just a perfect defensive mentality, right? Like, obviously, there was a lot of adjustments made on defense when it comes to, you know, AD and LeBron not getting any type of comfortable looks and not letting them get those switches and letting the right guys shoot. And, you know, fronting the post and Kelly and Myers both did a great job, I think, guarding the paint as much as they could. Huge, I mean, night and day from last game, the way that they defended the paint. And so I think they need to keep that same level of defensive intensity if they really want to withhold the punches that are undoubtedly coming next game with or without Bam. All right, so, so let, hold Greg, on. Greg, I have an unbelievable statistic. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Jimmy Butler is the first player to outscore, out-rebound, and out-assist LeBron James in a finals game, including LeBron's teammates. That's via Ella, Elias. Wow. All right, so let's, uh, so let's switch to it then here. Um, LeBron's going to hear about this for the next uh, 20, 48 hours, okay? Today, he was so stressed that he spent the day watching his Cowboys, his former team, play his Browns, his, I guess, now current team, uh, and tweeting about it <laughs> during the day. 
Um, he has not seemed to take, I know he says he is, but he has not seemed to take this quite as seriously as maybe some other situations because I think he is such a heavy favorite in this one. How does the noise, we're entering a Monday, right? So this is when you're going to get Skip Bayless and you're going to get oh, Colin yeah. Coward and you're going to get all of the idiots, right, who are trying to make names for themselves. The Jason, I won't even say his last name from out, out kick or out bleep your coverage or whatever the hell it's called. Um, they're all going to get on there questioning how LeBron James got outplayed. That's what that's going to be the narrative now. It's not going to be about what Jimmy did. It's how did LeBron James allow, how did he allow, how did the king allow Jimmy Butler to take his crown for a game? I can already see the graphics, okay? All this stupid bleep. How is he, how does he react to that? I know I agree with what Alex says on the basketball court generally, but the pressure shifts, doesn't it? It, it does. I mean, he, he tweeted not today, but yesterday, I believe that he couldn't sleep because he was so amped up or something like that. Maybe it was actually Friday night. Um, yeah, Friday night that he tweeted that he was just so amped up that he couldn't sleep. And uh, he may have a sleepless night coming up here. I mean, Jimmy uh, also said that um, LeBron told him in the first half that the Heat were in trouble. So when Jimmy was, was shown on the court kind of screaming that um, – that they were in trouble. He was just repeating what LeBron said to him. So there's some back and forth there. So I think this, this next game is particularly interesting because if, if let's just say hypothetically, Bam Adebayo were to come back and you have Olenek playing the way that he does, if Jimmy is able to conjure up, but not a performance like this, we're not expecting 40 point triple doubles, but if he can just from a competitive standpoint, match up with LeBron James in this fashion, I think that you could see guys start to get a little bit of the dirty pants. And that's an interesting thing to think about when uh, the Lakers looked like they were steamrolling this series. It's going to be an amazing story. Um, I promise you I'm staying in Fort Lauderdale for game four. So we'll have the same kind of coverage. We'll have obviously another pod on Monday. I heard that Alf made an appearance. Alf was not supposed to be with anybody tonight. He was too busy. Apparently he made an appearance on the post game stream with our, our new guy, Royal Shepherd and Adam Bore and some of the others who were over there. So make sure you check out the stream. Also check out our great sponsors, um, markbrownpa.com, five reasons, realtor.com, you break our new sponsor, our new sponsor, Prize Picks. Check that one out too. Uh, again, use the code five and uh, and everybody who's helped us get through this. We're we're getting we're we're having fun, man. So we're just gonna keep these uh, keep these pods coming and, uh, and get Alex to keep producing them and all that good stuff. Uh, we'll have more of the videos. The post game zooms will also end up on our YouTube channel. So make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel so you get all that stuff. Um, and if you hear this before that, I'll be on WSVN channel seven uh, locally tonight at eleven. 30 p.m. Have a great, great night. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. One, two, three, four, five on the floor. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? 
Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.